Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, offering securities through United Planners Financial Services member FINRA SIPC, guides clients with empathy in discovering and reaching their financial goals and creates financial plans for clients so they can live their life by design. In these episodes, he relates his financial insights and discusses timely topics. Royal strives for excellence and has a passion for sharing his knowledge and supporting his community. Now, on to the show. Hey, Royal. How you been? I'm good. How are you doing, Eric? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to get into today's podcast, but you are in a highly regulated industry. Yes, I am. And because of that, sometimes we have a disclosure that needs to be read. So let's do it. All right. Here's the disclosure for today. Discussions in this show are for educational purposes only. Information presented should not be considered specific investment advice or a recommendation to take any particular course of action. Always consult with a financial professional regarding your personal situation before making any financial decisions. The views and opinions expressed are based on current economic and market conditions and are subject to change. All investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. Securities offered through United Planners Financial Services, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory service offered through Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, Inc. Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors and United Planners are independent companies, and neither Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors nor United Planners offers tax or legal advice. Okay, now that we've taken our medicine, can we get on with the show? Let's go. Hello and welcome to Live by Design with Royal Stanley of Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors. Royal, what's going on? Nothing much. We've, we've had some uh, a few snow days. The kids stayed at home. It's in southern Oregon. It's a little bit of an oddity to have, I think, four or five snow days so far. And I'm trying to convince my daughter, don't get used to this. <laughs> this isn't normal. Yeah. This is not normal. You do not expect to get snow days every year. Yeah. So, But it's been very nice to have. It's usually gone by the noon time, but... Uh, it's a, it's beautiful while it lasts. That's fantastic. Well, you have a guest on the show today. So longtime listeners, if you're not aware, there's a YouTube channel, so you can actually see who's involved in the podcast and Royal has a guest today, Michelle, Michelle, you and I were talking about, you got snow and you're like way farther South than Royal is. Yeah. I'm in the Los Angeles area up in the foothills and we got snow. It lasted for yesterday about five minutes and melted in about 10, but uh, we got some pretty significant snow on like the high desert areas that actually has stuck for a few days now. So another 30 years, we'll have this conversation again. <laughs> there, there you go. Now, Royal, you brought Michelle on the show. Why did you bring her on and what are you guys talking about today? Yeah, so she, Michelle joined Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors a little over a year ago now. She's been working down in California, and I thought it would be a great way of introducing her to our listening audience. And also, she has some really great specialties that she focuses on in her business that I thought it would be really important to share with our community up here and really give our listeners a chance to meet Michelle and learn more about her. Fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Michelle, it's so good to have you here today. Can you just start off and tell me a little bit about your background? Yeah, it's so great to be here, Royal. Uh, thank you for having me on the show. So I, I've been a March 17th will be my eighth year in financial planning, but I have over 20 years in insurance business. I started as a claims adjuster in my young 20s. So I 
learned the value of insurance since then. I used to investigate car accidents and tell people their injuries weren't as much worth as much money as they believed. And I was looking in when I turned 40, I ended up uh, the business I was working for closed. I was a social media manager for a small yarn store. And I wanted something where I can make an impact and make a difference. And I got called in to do an interview for a financial services company. I had really no experience about financial services before that interview. I did some research and I said, well, it'll be a good practice interview. And uh, learning more about what fi- what a, really a financial planner does, I fell in love with what we do because you do, you could really have one of the biggest impacts on a person's life if you properly plan for them. And it's really important for me. My um, my dad at the age of 52 got laid off from his, uh, from his job back in 1983, three weeks later, he passed away from a heart attack. Oh, all of his, all of his life insurance was through work. So he lost all of his life insurance right before he passed away. So my mom just getting back into the workforce became a single mom. And I really saw the struggles of that. She used a 401k as an emergency fund, have this mindset of, of I'm going to work until I die. And then when she turned 65, became ill and wasn't able to re- wasn't able to work anymore. Her social, I remember this, her first social security check was $1,263. So imagine living in Southern California on that amount of money. I could tell That's you- a hard thing to do. Bed- it's a hard thing to do. You can't find a one bedroom apartment to rent for two less than $2,000 in Southern California right now. And, and just seeing the struggle of her having to, to figure out how is she going to survive? And that's when I stepped in and really not only became her caregiver to help her because she wasn't able to drive anymore. I need to get her to health, to doctor's appointments, do stuff for, around the house, but also how to chip in financially so she could survive. Thankfully, she was a veteran and got some additional assistance, but otherwise her $10,000 401k wasn't, didn't take her more than four months. And then that was it. So there's a huge need for what we do. Yeah, absolutely. With a, with a, an experience like that and a story like that, I can definitely see how you've been drawn into the value that financial planning gives to families to really prepare them for the unexpected and the unknown that we all face. So, wow. I mean, that's, that's an incredible story right there and good for you for persevering through it and really doing this as a second career where where you're really, really helping people. So that's a phenomenal story. What other lessons did you learn going through all this? You can't, you can't, the biggest thing is you can't plan after something happens, especially with insurance. And I can't plan Somebody can't plan for the retirement when they're 65. They need to plan for the retirement when they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, and so forth. I'll tell you, I'll share a, a kind of a personal, I don't want to say failing, but very expensive lesson I learned. When I was working for this insurance company in my 20s, I was really good. The manager said, invest 20 per, or 10% of your paycheck into your 401k. So I did. I didn't know what a 401k is. They just told me what to do. So I put money in. I saw my money go away every week. Didn't really, didn't even know what the 401k was for, but I'm like, okay, I listened. So I I did that. I left the company. I had, I had probably about 50,000, 60,000 saved up. I was 28. I'm like, sweet. I'm going to cash that out. Not realizing the taxes and the penalties and the biggest thing of 
the eighth wonder of the world compound interest, right? It baffles my mind that Albert Einstein says, you know, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world, but nobody, we don't learn that. We learn about the pyramids and the Nile. So, (laughs) but if I like, if I'm like, man, if I would have realized that's what was happening in my 401k account, I probably wanted to touched it, you know, because I didn't put it to any good use. Um, So it's those types of lessons when you have that advisor to bounce things off, to take away those emotions, because we're emotional creatures. We make decisions by emotion. So when you have somebody that you can say, okay, this is what I want to do, you could take the emotion or at least have somebody that's not emotionally connected to the decision to help you really make decisions in your best interest. And I think a lot of that falls into behavioral finance. Uh, yeah. How does human emotion be a, affect what should be logical decisions that we make? And, you know, the more you study behavioral finance, you realize that human beings are not logical at all. We are pretty much driven by emotion. And then we try to kind of shoehorn in logic to make sense of the decisions we made. <laughs> right. Absolutely. You know, I think another lesson that I've personally learned is I had a long-term care policy through my work that I was able to take with me. I had a back surgery in 2008 and didn't know what a long-term care policy was. And so I let the policy lapse and and it was $40 a month. Now with somebody that has a fused back, I cannot qualify for a long-term care policy. So I think just the education of the the lack of education out there for the importance of these types of financial vehicles is really lacking. And so I'm, one of the things I really do is I take these experiences that I've had in my life and I teach, I teach my clients and prospects and the community at large, what, what can we do differently to, to create different outcomes? Cause this is what, ha- what has happened in my life and with my family, what can we do to get you to have a better outcome and to live more abundantly, to have more prosperity in your family. And I really, when I, I, when I think when we look at it through those lens versus being, you know, have that scarcity mindset, I think it really shifts paradigms in people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So so, the, I mean, your experience, I think, sets you apart as a, as a financial planner. What other things do you feel sets you apart from other advisors and planners out there? I'm really about relationship building. I, I, I know a lot of advisors build that relationship, but there's a lot of advisors that are out there of, let me see what I could do for you today. Cause, and they're not even convinced they're going to be around tomorrow. Like they don't even know if they're going to be around tomorrow. And I really look at when I build a relationship with somebody, when somebody becomes a client, it's like, we're, we're in this for life. I want you to look at me like your financial doctor. You don't go to your primary care doctor once, and then you're going to a new primary care doctor the next time. Let's build a good, honest relationship. And, um, and I'm here for you long-term. And so one of the things that I do is I build relationships with other professionals, with CPAs, estate planning attorneys, other insurance professionals, even real estate agents and roofers and contractors, because I want to be that go-to person for my clients. And if they need anything in their life, how can I bring them? How can I, how can I make sure that they're getting treated properly for those, um, 
those needs. And the other thing, and I think one of the best things is that I'm surrounded by a team of professionals that with you and James Monroe and, and Emma, we have this huge group of professionals in Oregon Pacific that I, I will be the first one to admit that I don't know everything, but I work with people that know a lot of stuff and collectively we could figure it out. And, um, and I know, like I've sold health insurance in the past and I've sold Medicare. So I'm very well seasoned to be able to really look at a comprehensive picture and just not look at one aspect of the plan, but looking at, do you need help with debt? Do you need help with asset protection, with life insurance, health insurance, long-term care, that kind of stuff? Um, you know, obviously the investment management and the accumulation and the distribution part, and even on the, the estate planning side. So it's looking at the comprehensive picture, and I am able to really help with every single aspect of that, um, where a lot of a lot of planners out there don't have that capability. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so essential. I'm sure you're seeing this in your business. Our clients are getting older. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't think it was going to happen this quickly, but you know, on a weekly basis, sometimes daily basis, I'm sitting down with another client who's experiencing uh, dementia. And just that is an epidemic that we're seeing out there right now. And no one really knows how to deal with it. He, you know, in a really good large way. So having those relationships that you've built over 10, 15 years, is just so essential as you approach, you know, those last few years of life in a very, very difficult situation, not only for the person diagnosed, but also for their partner. So, you know, what, what you're saying just resonates so much with me about how essential those relationships are. So I kind of want to just shift gears a little bit here and kind of talk about your passion. We, we've had conversations about this, about, you know, how excited you get with empowering women when it comes to financial planning. Can you just talk some more about that and kind of share with our audience what it is that, that makes you so excited about that? Well, absolutely. Number one, I'm a woman. So I think that's one of the things that sets me apart from 75% of the industry because still 75% of the industry is male. So I think yes, that's one is. of the things, that's one of the obvious things that sets me apart. And I've worked, you know, I've lived my I've lived next to my mom as a as a woman, as a single mom. I'm single myself. So I understand I have this unique perspective that I think sometimes men don't don't look at but it comes down to like women want to be able to be educated when it comes to financial services and I think I have a really unique ability to empathize and come from where they're at regardless of they barely could balance their checking book you know, their checkbook um, to understanding what a mutual fund is or, you know, what's the difference between a stock and a bond. And I take an educational approach for that. And I really walk them through the process of making sure they have a clear understanding of what needs to be done instead of just being told what to do. I may, I enroll them in prior to the process. And the reason why I'm so passionate about this is because women still make 82 cents to the dollar for every man, which means that when you're saving, let's say we're saving 10% into our, our 401ks, well, that means they're just automatically saving less because they have less of that paycheck going into the same type of account that their counterparts do, um, their male counterparts do. The other thing is, is that women live longer. 
So not only do we have the ability to save less, but we need money for a longer period of time. And then you add in women tend to be in the workforce less because we're the ones that have to have the babies. You know, when a, when a spouse gets sick, when a parent gets sick or a sibling or a child, it's typically the woman that stays home. Yeah. Uh, You're aware of this. My mom was very sick last year and I really had to take a, a huge step back from my business and she passed away in December, but that really affected my ability to make money. And that really, that really affected not only my, like my mom's ability to, cause her cost increased. She was in the hospital once a month. So her medical costs came up, but that was a huge financial burden on myself. And so I think looking at all of these different perspectives, there's a, there's unique planning that needs to go with women. And there was a T. Rowe Price study done about five years ago that when women are education, edu, edu, let me try that again. <laughs> when women are educated around financial matters, their portfolios tend to earn 1.8% more than a man's. That is huge because they now learn to be more aggressive. They learn to take emotion out of advice, out of their decisions. And so they're able to take it with a clearer approach, which is, which is huge. I remember sitting down with a client about five years ago and um, she was still scarred from all of the money she lost in 2008. So we're talking 10 years later, she's afraid of another 2008 happening. So she had, she was 42 at the time and she had all of her 401k portfolio in a bond fund Mm. that was earning 1.25% a year. Well, we know average taking out these last couple of years, inflation is three to 5%. So I'm like, you're, you're losing money every year. That your money, you're, even though you're positive, it looks positive, but you're losing money on the inflation part. And she's like, okay, well, now let's make a change. And after that, her portfolio went from 1.25 to earning an average of 7% a year. So it's just that small education made a huge impact on her financial future when it comes to retirement. Right, right. It's really, I think, when you can demystify these things. Um, and really start educating people, both men and women on the basics of, you know, what is risk? What is that potential for loss? What does it mean to be invested in the market? What is inflation and why is it so insidious that we have to stay invested? And also the excitement that comes with seeing a portfolio grow. I mean, all of those things are positive. So kudos to you for recognizing that and focusing that as, as part of your practice to make sure that people are being taken care of and being educated. Now, I think you touched on a few of these, but what are some of the other challenges that women face when it comes to financial planning and, and planning for their futures? Um, I think part of it also is just knowing who to turn to, you know, not having a resource available for them to go to, not knowing, instead of taking advice from their best friend's husband, having that trusted advisor to go, that specific person that 
they could that will get down in the trenches with them and do that education. I think the, another challenge that they that they have is only looking at one part of the picture. And I think this goes for men and women alike, but really looking at like we we touched on earlier is that all of the aspects of financial planning. It's not just it's just not what's in your 401k, but it's also, you know, what do you have in in the in the bank for savings? It's teaching them the difference between good credit and bad credit. It's, you know, it's okay. If you're going to buy that, that $800 purse, you know, what are, are you buying stock in that same company? It's, it's taking it and really breaking it down on a granular level. Um, I think that makes all of the difference for, that really makes all of the difference for women. There's so many high functioning C-level women that I sit down with business owners that, you know, I have a business owner. She owns a, company that valued at $5 million, but she's afraid to look at her finances because mm -hmm. she, because she was like, it's almost like women rather keep their head in the sand than look at what needs to be in front of them. And then once we sat down and we took, we took a look at what needed to be done, she, boom, she was able to make instant decisions and it completely start shifting what her future lo looks like. And what's great about it is it doesn't only count to depend on what her business does like now mm -hmm. she has this whole other avenue that we're building outside of her business of money that will be able to be brought in for retirement like her retirement plan is god i hope my business lasts the next 20 years so that way when i retire i could sell it for something and live off of i'm like well what happens if you can't let's look at other aspects and i think women like sitting down with women is challenging because they've they're taking the kids to school they're working full time. They've got to put the kids, you know, they got to get dinner on the table. And so getting them to sit down with somebody long enough to listen, this is the biggest challenge I have with sitting down with women is getting them to sit down long enough for an hour, hour and a half to have an honest conversation. So I work after hours. I do Saturday appointments because it's really important to, to have women sit down and have these conversations. And I think so once we make it okay for women to start talking about money, it, they say it's sometimes it's easier to talk about, you know, death and religion and, and sex than money. Once we make it easy for women to want to talk about money as it easy as it is for the latest celebrity gossip and shoes, I think that will also shift the paradigm for women when it comes into financial planning. Because honestly, the wealth transfer we're in right now, women are, are expected to take on an extra $18 trillion of wealth because we have baby boomers passing on and that wealth is getting transferred to women. So it's a very important conversation that we have. So I think once we, Royal talked about this earlier, as you know, we shift the behaviors and the mindset around money and taking it from a place of scarcity to a place of abundance. I think that will also shift the conversations that women are having. And if we could get women to talk about money the same way men talk about money in like the locker rooms and on the golf course, I think there could be a complete shift in, in a, a financial revolution that affects women. Yeah, maybe not so much locker room talk necessarily, but yes, I get what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm not you know, privy to that, so. <laughs> so one thing I'm thinking here is, is, you know, you don't 
specialize only in women. You also have uh, male clients as well, I'm sure, and couples yes. and that sort of thing. But I'm just curious here. I, I I have a lot of women clients, and I would just be curious to hear what is different when you have a woman talking about her situation with another woman. You know, is is there a special level of comfort there or ability to relate to things there? when you don't have that, you know, you're, you're on the same gender uh, spectrum level, et cetera. Yeah. I noticed that the conversation, there's a lot, the conversation starts about building the relationship a lot more with a man. When I'm with a male client, it's about, okay, this is what needs to be done. And how do we do it with a woman? It's about building that relationship. And I think I'm able to connect with them because a lot of my clients relate to my story and that's why they choose me is to go back to when I was that nine-year-old girl when I losing my father and seeing my mom for it'll be 40 years this year that I lost my dad seeing her life and how not only affected her but how it affected me growing up and having that having that um that rapport instantly built with that and then being able to relate to them about the kind of the caregiving aspect of financial planning. And when I was in the corporate world, not making as much as a man, being able to relate to those aspects, needing to take time off of work to take care of my mom, I'm able to relate to that. And when you're able to relate to women in that, on that level, it empowers them it doesn't make them feel not so alone and it empowers them to be more proactive and get actually excited about financial planning, except for, let me go to the dentist and then sit down with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Oh, that's great. So, so what other areas are you focusing in on your planning practice? So I really like working with those that are approaching retirement or in retirement. I love taking those puzzle pieces of you've done a great job of amassing this wealth over your working life. And I like taking the puzzle pieces and saying, okay, let's, what are we, how are we going to structure this with social security, your 401k, this IRA account that you set up, and how are we going to put all these pieces together to make sure that you are able to keep that lifestyle you've become accustomed to and you're able to do these things of you know traveling in an rv across the country or taking care of your kids to help your family out i love putting all those puzzle pieces together and then Mm, kind of the on the flip side the other niche is working with business owners i really love going in and working with a business owner and then setting up their 401ks that's that's a i think that's a niche i i have another really special kind of relationship with because of my story of not knowing what a 401k is and letting that go. And then my mom using her 401k as an emergency fund. I really like getting in there with the employees and educating them on how to leverage their 401k for long-term planning Mm -hmm. and then working with the business owners. Cause what is a business owner great at their business? It's generally not looking, they're so focused on their business. They're not looking at what's after the business. What what do I need to do along the side of building my business? How else am I growing my wealth? So I love putting those pieces together and and really getting and getting in and building the relationship with not only the owner, but the employees as well. Excellent. Excellent. 
You know, as, as we wrap up here, as you look into your future, what areas are you looking to expand your business in? That's a great question. So I have a good, good client base here in Southern California. I am expanding nationwide. So um, I have some prospects up in Oregon. I've had clients in New Mexico, Colorado. So I really want to, thankfully, because of technology now, I'm really able to do uh business nationwide. So I am looking at expanding outside of only Southern California. I really want to make a difference where the people need me, but I'm also looking at helping, you know, bring in of other advisors that, you know, as I get older and, and I want to be able to experience life where I have along with Royal, a team of advisors that we could educate and build and leave a legacy for them to take care of those clients that I've nurtured for 10, 20 years and to kind of make sure they're still left in good hands when I decide not to do the business. So, okay. so clients don't need to be in Southern California for you to work with them. Absolutely not. And I think that's the one of the one of the better things to come out of everything we went through the last three, four years is that location dislocation where we don't have to be able to drive to everyone's office to really find who's going to be the best fit for us, especially when it comes to financial planning. It's very exciting there. So that's wonderful. That is wonderful. So with that, how do people get a hold of you? How do people start that conversation, start building that relationship with you, Michelle? That's a great question. So I direct them to uh, opfa.com, so Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors website. I have a page there where you can find my booking link. Um, you could always reach out to me on my phone, 909-367-3208. I think those are the two best ways to reach me. Um, like I said, I, I work very flexible hours and um, I really look forward just to having a 10, 15 minute discovery conversation to even see if it's a big fit. I think that's an important thing is not every advisor is made for everybody. Right, right. Oh, that, well, I, I think that's, that's such a, a need, especially just the simple fact of, Hey, can you do an appointment on a Saturday? Can you do an appointment at 6.30? You know, th those little things really make you so, just such so much more uh, accessible to folks who are looking for that advice, looking for that long-term relationship and a fiduciary to work with them. So it's been a pleasure having you here with uh, Oregon Pacific. It's been a pleasure getting to know you over the last two years. And uh, we look forward to uh, many more years together here. So Michelle, I just want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. Is there, is there anything else you'd like to touch? No, thank you. First, I want to say thank you, Royal. You've definitely made me feel a welcome part of the team. It's been a pleasure. I, I'm very grateful for James Monroe. I've known him for eight years. And when I was looking for a new firm, he's like, why don't you just come on board? The first moment I met you, Royal, I knew instantly that it, it was going to be a great match. And even if you don't use Oregon Pacific, I don't understand why you wouldn't, but make sure you're sitting down with somebody to help you with your financial planning needs. Uh, make sure it's somebody that has experience, somebody that could do a well-rounded plan that doesn't focus on just one aspect of the business. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's uh, that's sage wisdom. So, so with that, we'll turn it back over to Eric to uh, take us on out. But Michelle, great to see you today. And I'm sure our listeners will be hearing from you again. Awesome. Thank you. Michelle, it's been a pleasure meeting you. Unfortunately, it sounds like you're not going to help me either because Royal has never allowed me to emotionally use my money or justify the need of a boat. 
<laughs> so I appreciate meeting you otherwise, but thank you so much. I hope the audience got to know you on a very personal level and understand that you're going to help them as well, not emotionally spend their money or just go for that new shiny boat, which whatever, that's fine. Royal, we talk about I, this every week, Eric. I, Royal, <laughs> it's on my mind and my heart and my emotions. You don't need a yacht. And I, I weep openly and I, I was, <laughs> no, I don't, I just, I'm not talking about it anyway. Okay, we'll talk about boat off air again. Guys, thank you so much, Michelle. Pleasure meeting you, Royal. Thank you as always. And of course, our last thank you always goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Life by Design podcast with Royal Stanley. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Royal comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as that actually helps other people find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Oregon Pacific Financial Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Life by Design podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available.